Age Audiobook, Chapter 1, Birth. It is the modern era of the year 2020. Under strange circumstances, a mother is giving birth to her child at home. The family knew this was unorthodox, but with the presence of COVID-19 and other personal beliefs by the mother, it was determined that their first child would be born at home. Mr. and Mrs. Brown were perhaps too cautious, but some may consider that they were ahead of their time. It is possible that private births could become a trend for the future. A return to humble beginnings, but with modern technology to ensure a baby's safe arrival to the new world. The Browns were situated in traditional Virginia. They embraced people with Southern hospitality and supported familial entrepreneurship. Their history was rooted in tobacco farming. Initially, it was a system of sharecropping that cultivated into plantation work and skills. And when freedom was attributed to the Brown family, they ambitiously focused their efforts to growing herbs and tobacco. They were notable in the small rural town and elevated to surmountable clout in present times. Mr. Philip Brown managed the plant distribution company. Socially and financially, he connected with North Bend, Virginia. He was associated with respected memberships and regarded clubs. Individuals would guarantee their best service and positive collaboration with the Brown family. Philip was busy at his office working as he expected his newborn child. His descendant would be the formidable heir to Philip Brown and Company. Dr. Barrett followed correct medical ethics and techniques. He was reputable and possessed an established practice. It was on his ass if there were any issues. Miss Brown was in agony. The home birth was more difficult than expected. She was profusely sweating, tremoring, and in a great deal of pain. The nurses provided her medication, but it was of no use. It only dampened the inevitable. Mr. Brown received a disturbing call. The workers in his office heard a yell. This cannot be possible. Philip Brown rushed out of the building and drove home. At the residence, there was plenty of commotion and havoc. The doctor was distressed. As Mr. Brown arrived, he asked Barrett, How is my wife? The doctor replied in sadness, She is no longer with us. Mr. Brown, with anger, stated, How can this be possible? Barrett attempted to explain in an inappropriate medical jargon. Brown yelled, Are you even a real doctor? Barrett, withholding dispute in a calm demeanor, stated, The pain of birth was just too much for her. If we had access to the hospital equipment, perhaps... Mr. Brown ceased the discussion. My baby, is it a boy or a girl? Is it healthy? Dr. Barrett, in slight confusion, responded, It is a boy by all means, and he is slightly yellow. With the care of light through a machine, he could be in full. Again, Mr. Brown halted the conversation. I heard of such things before. I believe with the natural nursing through the sun outside, my beloved son will be just fine. Barrett made no rebuttal. The doctor, now in irritation and remorse, said, Your wife was strong and beautiful. 
My full apologies for this situation. There are cases when mothers are unable to perform natural childbirth. Philip Brown ignored the doctor's statements. All attention was on his amber son. The father held his child with great care. He kissed his forsaken wife, carried his newborn baby to the magnificent backyard, and the golden boy basked in the ambience of sunlight. Mr. Brown was solemn. The nurses and Dr. Barrett monitored the deceased Miss Brown. They took responsible actions concerning the corpse and what medical equipment that was present at the home. Everything was quiet. There was a certain disposition displayed by Mr. Brown. It seemed that the father and son would embark on their journey together alone. Chapter 2, Midlife Crisis The boy, now a blackish brown, was healthy. He was named Philip Brown II. It has only been a month and it appeared as if he aged a year. By a real year, it seemed he would be 12. Mr. Brown was astonished. He did not know what to do or what the cause of this abnormality was. At this pace, Brown Jr. would be walking out the door on his own accord. The father consulted the best doctors in the state of Virginia. No medical professional could explain this predicament. He wondered if his son would be dead before himself. As Mr. Brown predicted in a year's time, Junior was an adolescent. He was unable to have any suitable friends as he aged past them. Junior was intelligent but awkward. He had to adapt to social scenarios and cues with little time to adjust. Junior was now self-aware of his condition. He realized that he did not fit into traditional lifestyle of many. School was strange as time and grades leaped. At a certain point, it was accommodating to have private tutoring and education. Junior's mind aged at the same rate as his body. Therefore, he contemplated many grand ideas. He thought whether or not he should decipher the meaning of his disease or enjoy the path paid for him as heir to the Brown Company. The attempt for girls appeared strange as he was hot-blooded but had little to relate or experiences to share with the opposite sex. Mr. Brown decided one day to send and fund Junior on a cross-country to trip to live a life worth living in whatever short period of time he had left. He would travel from state to state. At the ripe age of 18, he attended school in Connecticut for four months, which is essentially four years for him. Next, at 22 years of age, he would travel to Florida to enjoy fun in the sun, swimming and meeting new people at popular attractions. Three months later in Las Vegas, Nevada, learning the ins and outs of gambling, accepting and tolerating a good drink, he opened his eyes to an adult audience. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. From the four months between the ages of 26 and 30 years old, he would explore the Golden Coast with quick intermissions to New York City, establishing bi-coastal connections for his father's business. At this age of his life, he had to mix business with pleasure. At the prime age of 30 years old, he found himself in middle America, two months or two years being welcomed to the Midwest. 
financial prowess of Chicago and a brutal winter that he was not accustomed to. Then he matched with his his first true girlfriend, Republic, Republic Tobacco heiress, Cameron. They would engulf themselves in nature for two months, one month in Montana and the second month in Wyoming. They were free. Cam introduced Junior to marijuana. It seemed to help him with his ailments of rapid aging, or at least provided a forgetfulness to the ultimate end awaiting him. Now in his mid-thirties, Junior was set to marry Cam back at home in Virginia. Cam connected with Brown Sr. They discussed the challenge it would be to manage Junior as he aged by the day. Cameron accepted that responsibility and claimed her love for Junior. Brown and Republic Tobacco would merge. With Junior and Cameron bound by business and love, they started to plan for better business. The two decided to add marijuana to their tobacco distribution. It would be a long journey due to certain laws, but they would lobby for better rules and expand wherever possible. They would have a daughter named Daisy. She was their pride and joy. Now Junior was approaching 50 years old as his wife was a youthful 27. Things seemed dreary as Junior and Senior were relatively the same age, but the family found humor in this situation. It was as if the father and son were the same person, as they put it. Chapter 3, Death As the year passed with the family together sharing moments in history, Junior aged a decade. Now he was suffering from Alzheimer's disease. Aging is wicked. He was a shell of a man. He manages life by consuming the herbs of their crops until the day of his death. He loved Daisy, Cam, and Senior. In the end, Senior, Grandpa, would do his best to care for the family as their beloved Junior passed away. Even today, nobody understands Junior's condition. It is believed to be a legend. However, Daisy is proof that Junior was alive during those seven remarkable years. The end.